All right, gang, here we are, another episode of The Successful Failure, and today I have the very funny Jason Tyler. Very funny is a stretch, Jesse, but <laughs> well, well, I'm here, I'm here. Shut well, up. How you doing today, dude? I'm doing okay. I'm trying to figure out the headphones now. We just went through that. Okay, yeah. I'm good. Good? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but w- anything fun today? Um, I just went to the chiropractor. That was That's always fun. Uh, do you have like a membership or anything? No, but I did prepay to get a bit of a discount for like a whole bunch of sessions, and she's been really helpful and been straightening me out. I have, so if I sit too long, you'll see I move around a lot because I have something going on with like my, from starting from my back and running down my, my hip and my oh, leg. Shit. L5. She was adjusting today. Oh wow. So anyway, I'll be moving around and making <laughs> and messing up the podcast. All, all good, okay. dude. If you uh. Need a different chair to no, feel no, comfortable. No, it's, you let it's me know. Very comfortable chair. Thank okay, you, perfect, yeah, dude. It. Perfect. Well, yeah. I don't know too much about you, Jason. This is honestly one of the first times I've met you, dude. Yeah. You were just uh, for a cov- quick caveat. Uh, Gundam McIntyre a couple episodes ago um, requested that you come on here because we got a little bit of conspiracy theories. Yeah, but before yeah. we get into the the fun stuff, tell me uh, why you started comedy and like how long you've been doing it. When did you start it? Tell me all that. The floor is yours, dude. Why I started comedy, um, I don't. I don't have a good answer for that. Like, I don't have like an elevator script or any sort of thing. I was living in my car at the time. I was homeless. How long ago was this? This was four years ago, roughly. Oh wow! Yeah, I spent like eighteen months in a Prius, no which kidding. was a fun experience. No, it was terrible, but uh, there was some good stuff that came out of it. You kind of have to go through things in order to rebuild or whatever so that wasn't planned my life just kind of fell apart and i wound up in my car it's really hard to get out of that and once you're in that whole thing um but i was watching a lot of clips so i grew up with stand-up I, i've just been a fan of stand-up my whole life and then uh, so i know exactly what happened i was going to therapy group therapy and sitting in this room with a bunch of other people and i kept a bit of deflection, trying to like make people laugh and like not necessarily answering the questions, you know. And and somebody said you're really funny, and that makes me uncomfortable. Anytime people say stuff like that, and not so much now, like I like it a lot more. But in that time, um, I was it just uh, got in my head that I I, I don't know I want to explore something so in my car. I'm like at the library using Wi-Fi and Googled and found some stand-up classes, workshops, and I decided to enroll in a workshop. And um, I really enjoyed that whole process. I, I had no idea like how to write a joke. I still don't think I know how to write a joke, <laughs> but I um, just the whole process of, of sitting in a room of not crazy, I mean, it's still all crazy people, but <laughs> it wasn't a therapy situation. It was like, right. you know, you're legitimately trying to, to learn the craft of comedy. And I really, um, I really enjoyed that. I, I, Kerry Otis, I'll give him a plug, stand-up workshop. He, he was very helpful with me and, um, uh, so then the pandemic happened. Right. So you, you do the workshop and then you do um, a showcase at the end of the eight weeks or whatever. Okay. And so he let me do that twice. He like uh, he liked me the first time and then um, gave me a bit of a discount, knowing my situation to to do the class again. Uh-huh. And I I again I was just loving comedy and then the pandemic happened and not really knowing um i didn't know the open mic scene i I hadn't done an open mic ever i just just been doing the class stuff i was just like you know 
silly student. Mm -hmm. And um, it just seemed like a really bad avenue to continue to go down. I didn't know what was going on. All the comedy clubs were closed. Right. Or it was just all weird. I didn't know that people were doing sidewalk show or parking lots and all these various things where I could have kept going. I just, I mean, I have a bunch of mental health issues. So I just saw it as a bad, bad avenue to go down. If I don't see uh, some sort of like light at the end of a tunnel right. or whatever, then I just felt like I was wasting my time. So I just stopped, just stopped cold turkey and... Um, was still kind of writing a bit and trying to write jokes and maybe someday blah 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 and then it wasn't until I moved to the new area in Hollywood uh -huh. that um, my neighbor's a stand-up comedian and was talking to him and some of his friends and this and that and they're like just go do an open mic and so I I passed by fourth wall a couple times um, I bought marijuana from the place next door That's right. That's um right. and then That's yeah i remember that first time where i walked right past the the weed shop security guy who thought i was coming in <laughs> and i was like no i'm going next door over there I was like, oh, okay and i went in i wasn't signed up and i just i watched a few people and i was like okay i'm, I'm here i'm gonna do this and so i kind of effed up and i signed up in the middle of a mic like, uh, oh, no way. Yeah, so it was a whole thing. <laughs> but from that moment on... Were you able to go up there? Did Joe let you Yeah, was, yeah Joe yeah, let okay. me up, but he cool. was like, he was like, who is this? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's me. And he was like, well, why... You were supposed... I'm like, I don't know how it works. It's my, and because I said I've never been here, this is my first time or right. whatever, I got some, some leeway with that. And he let me go. He was like, well, then get up here right now. Totally bombed, ate crap. I couldn't even remember any of the jokes that... <laughs> That happens, from dude. three years ago and I just wasn't prepared but I I got that bug again yeah. you know I got one little chuckle maybe and I was like oh I'm in I'm in I'm in that's all you need yeah dude. and then it, right there it hooks you right yeah so I, so that was um, I guess breaking free from the class workshop stuff which was very helpful but then immediately I felt like oh I can just keep doing this as long as I have five dollars I can just keep mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, getting getting some some stage time and all those various things but it was just it it still is really rough like i i mean i bomb every day every open mic is you know it's very hit or miss yeah like this is we're very light on the success in this one we're very heavy on the failure um but yeah i'm loving it i i'm you know meeting people and making friends and just um for somebody that was just in such a different situation right. not so long ago yeah. um, where I was just completely alone in my car with dogs and like that was just my life. Jesus. And, um, so what kind of dogs, man? Uh, now I just have one Australian cattle dog, Snickers. Give her a plug. Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's sweet. My other dog passed away, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, the, they're the only things that really got me through all of that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so now, now I'm pursuing comedy um, yeah, I mean, all of this stuff was, it's just all new to me. The Instagram as a whole caused me so much anxiety and stress. And really? like more so than the yeah. actual getting up on stage, all of the, just everything, you know, liking posts. And if I don't like posts and, you yeah. know, the following and unfollowing and you follow someone, they don't follow you back. And then I'm like, <laughs> the ah, mental you, they hate me. And the psychology of it, all, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just all, uh, it's, a, it's a lot mm -hmm. where, you know, that sort of stuff is almost, um, it's discouraging, right, the yeah. online stuff, feeling yeah. like I have to be good at that mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, getting good at telling jokes or, or you know, right. be, doing all that stuff. So it's definitely been, 
um, an experience. Mm -hmm. I like I'm I'm enjoying it, and then and then I'll you know have a terrible set or something will happen, just one dumb thing, and then yeah. I'll, I'm I can't do this anymore. I just can't. And yeah, dude. don't do any mics for a week or whatever, and then I just feel like sick to my stomach like i'm just not doing what i feel like i want to be doing i don't mm. know if it's what i'm supposed to be doing but i feel like uh yeah i feel like it's something i just need to be doing for myself and now it's not so much therapy as it is just um trying to express my opinions right, yeah, and 100%. and i do you know i do like getting the laughs that's what's all about we're all up there like try, you know there's something about making people laugh 100 um but it's it, just the whole i always liked like puzzles and various things when i was a kid and the jokes is kind of in that way it just it, it really is dude i've recently found that out in terms yeah. of the writing of the jokes it really is like a puzzle like what words you have to say in yeah. order yeah you know, for it to make like logical sense because sometimes i'm all over the place i've got a very scattered brain so i'll say something that i think five steps ahead you know sure um but it it really is like a puzzle that's a great way to put yeah. it dude it's a puzzle that you have to like put together yeah or you know you put it together in your room or whatever you write the thing and then you have to go like do it in front of people yeah and then your are you find out that your puzzle is like garbage right <laughs> you know you but, put it together all wrong and it just it didn't work and then you go take it back home and tinker with it right and, yeah and it's that whole um like i've actually built stuff i'm you know a handyman and can do all sorts of i built my car like i bought it totaled and put it all back together and wow. like took the engine out and all go. those various things. So this to me is very similar process of yeah. like building something and you have to spend that time working at it, but it's just, it, you're dependent upon other people and all those other, well, I guess, yeah, if I'm doing a job for somebody fixing mm -hmm. a cabinet, if they're not happy with the cabinet or whatever, <laughs> yeah. then you have to do it again. So yeah. it is very similar, uh, you know, you just, have to keep perfecting and doing better and mm -hmm. hopefully you get to the point where you know you don't have to fix your joke anymore it just works and yeah. then you can you know same as you hope that you fix someone's cabinet correctly yeah. and you don't have to redo it again because exactly. that's you know yeah you just want to get to a point where you feel comfortable so i'm still at that place where i'm still trying to figure out which material i feel comfortable with right sometimes there's things that i get jokes um that i don't feel comfortable doing then because mm -hmm. i feel more uncomfortable when i get off stage that when i'm just a regular person again you, and then you have to like I, I, so i um in terms of me i've only been doing this for like two months dude so i i'm very like green at this yeah, but yeah. The, the thing that's helped me with that is just i will kind of reflect on what other people what other comedians have said and i completely forget what people say unless it's very like open you know what i mean unless someone's yeah, very yeah, like yeah. Uh, very open about something that's very dramatic but other than that, I, it's it, it like it was like a psychological thing because I was the same way. Mm -hmm. I would I'd just be like, "Oh shit!" I said something where everyone's gonna think I'm this type of person now. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just forgets it because, again, like I said, I'll rem I'll try to remember what other people say. I'm like, I totally forget they're set. Like even after just the class is done, you know. What I yeah. Mean? So maybe that'll help you. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm definitely I'm getting to that point. And the more I talk to people, same that say the same thing, uh -huh. like nobody cares or nobody's gonna remember yeah. no, nobody even knows who you are and nobody right. you know it's all these things where you know i'm in my head worried about like you're like 10 steps ahead of mm -hmm. dumb stuff where yeah especially at the open mics where everyone's you know trying yeah, to remember yeah, their yeah, own exactly, jokes and doing exactly, their own thing exactly. um but it's still just we live in this world where you say polarizing things or you know it's just everything is just uh so 
Yeah, it just makes someone like me who overthinks and yeah. is neurotic and has all these things going on already when, you know, I don't want to like censor what I'm saying. Right. Oh, sorry. Very good. Yeah, I have ADD oh. as well. So I just no, I flipped good. the switch by accident. <laughs> just good. like to shut myself off. <laughs> I've done that during a mic as well where I've just like turned it That's off. That's hilarious. Uh, um, what's up? Again, we're, before we get into the fun stuff, uh, again, we're talking about conspiracy theories. Have you talked or do you have any like jokes about conspiracy theories no see i've been avoiding that okay because for that same reason where i don't even that's why i'm nervous about this more so than because ganem recommended me when you i've watched the episode about conspiracy stuff he's like oh yeah jason tyler what are you doing what are you doing um so yeah it's like you know i i there's a lot of stuff i don't want to talk about you know and i I, i've been doing some of the like feedback mics and stuff i like that where the writer's room writer's room and then the Specific, like there's the Mike Sasson uh, challenge flag. Mike was just last night oh, on that, Tuesdays. Yeah, that's right. that's yeah. been really helpful as well. What's like, that like? I haven't been. Um, it's like a comedy class, so it's similar to the workshop that I was in. It's uh-huh. different, but um, you go up and you do three minute is what you can do whatever you want. But so of your five minute set, generally you do three minutes, like an audition set, um, whatever you would plan on trying to work on for, you know, the big clubs or whatever. And then uh, it's usually Mike, sometimes Mike and Joe will then give you uh, like two minutes of feedback uh-huh. and try to help you. I think, oh yeah, originally you'd have flag. So it's called challenge flag because right. like, he was a football coach. Mm-hmm. So oh, he'd be okay. like throwing like a red flag. I've had, I, he, threw it at me like twice yeah I, don't, I haven't seen the flags in a while but he'll still interrupt me and it's good because it's like um somebody who's been doing it way longer that knows you know just in every avenue has uh-huh. just more experience with everything and helps you help put together that puzzle like in real time um in a in a safe environment like it's not like he's like oh you're terrible you shouldn't do it it's like hang on hang on why are you doing that um you know i said something he's like why because you want to give the why of what you're doing and and so it's been really helpful um to to get that sort of feedback from i I love the writer's room mics where you Mm -hmm. get other comics um Mm -hmm. but this is generally you know generally him yeah mike and mike and joe and um yeah, that's been really helpful. I don't remember why that came up just now, but um, oh, uh, so yeah. it was about the conspiracy stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, it's um, the same thing where I just uh, yeah, I don't want to get too too into like crazy stuff because yeah. that's not why I got into it. I didn't want to talk about politics <laughs> yeah, or conspiracies yeah. or any of that stuff. I was like right. trying to sort out my own mental health and just trying. So most of my material is about self-deprecating and Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, just my messy life and messy dating and just messy everything. And um, that's where, you know, yeah, there's this part of me that that does want to talk about those crazy things or whatever, but it's, I feel like um, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. Like I'd rather just people get to know me and either hate me or like me for as I am, just, you know, the stuff I'd discuss about my life before I start kind of getting into, you know, crazy stuff. The crazy stuff, yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of it is like, I don't even know what I believe anymore. I just know that that there's just so many things that don't make sense and so many things that I question a lot of things. Mm, I, I have like... You know, a lot of things where I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't believe this or whatever. But it's like, I'm really just unsure about the truth. or right. And so these other things seem 
like it makes more sense. And, you and know? the crazy thing is we have to go based on what they say, right? Like the whole thing, uh, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but there's just like on BBC, they just released the news that there was a UFO whistleblower saying that the U.S. government's hiding information yeah, about yeah, UFOs. Yeah, that's, that's literally on mainstream news now, right? But like 20, 30 years ago, if you were to say anything about this, you would lose your job. Yeah. People would think you're fucking crazy. But now it's like, oh, well, that happened and that person's life is ruined. But we'll just yeah, go, yeah. you know what I mean? So that that to me is where it crosses the line. Sure. It's where people like, I mean, I, I think it was this guy from England. I'm not sure what his name was, but he was saying that, you know, he believed in UFOs in the 70s and 80s. He lost his job, mm -hmm. went into a deep depression, just, you know, cut himself off from society. And now it's coming out and like, yeah, we've known since like the 50s. And it's just yeah, like, dude, yeah. people's lives have been ruined because of the lies of that, you know? And it's kind of weird how that happens. And not that there should be any repercussions or anything, but it's just, that's someone's life. Yeah. That's yeah. their whole livelihood, you know, their job. Like, that's crazy to but me. That's where you get into, that's why kind of conspiracy stuff gets messy because there are things where, you know, for the good of society or whatever at that mm -hmm. time, if it wasn't the right time to let people know what's going on or whatever, that sacrificing one big mouth or whatever right. is better for the good or you know of all the these people, of yeah. these things where right. i i have a really hard time with that that one person's life is just as important as everybody know, else's yeah it's right? just, that's what so, we learned three years ago with the whole pandemic yeah and like everyone's life is equally as important yeah right? i mean obviously it's something different a like conspiracy theory compared to sickness you know what i mean or sickness no. yeah <laughs> um yeah it's it's all just a, it's a crazy world out there right now and just everything is kind of uh you know if you say the wrong thing about barbie yeah. you, you'll get in trouble yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah, i don't exactly. uh, you know i love barbie <laughs> um so yeah i just don't know um exactly how to navigate those waters yet and actually i've I had a whole conversation with carrie um okay that i talked about where um he's a vegan uh -huh. and he runs into a lot of people that you know talk crap about vegans or, right yeah. um in certain settings mm -hmm. so he he does some material about that and he wanted to help me kind of navigate making my beliefs in some of his conspiracy stuff like funny so it's right. not polarizing to an audience of people yeah um where i just still i'm like i'm not ready for that i, I i'm still just We'll just keep talking about my messy life for a bit, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so it's um, it, yeah, all these things going into trying to figure out what what I'm supposed to get up there and talk about for my five minutes or whatever it yeah. is, and it's just like I've um, you know, keep trying new material and new material, and I never really get that polished stuff because I just keep like, you know, I'll do this for a bit and like ah, I'm not liking that or yeah. whatever, and then um, so I'm gradually now getting to a point where I have some stuff that that. I feel comfortable with that is getting laughs mm -hmm. and um, trying to uh, get to a place. So I started the open mic stuff in probably November. Okay, so started that, up again. Yeah, I started okay. up again. So there was that like three years in the middle wow. where I did nothing. And then, yeah, it's just been really, uh, it's been an experience. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I've done a bunch of mics, probably not as many as some people say. I saw CJ say he does 21 in a week. And I'm yeah, like, dude. Wow. I'm like, dude, you know, it's, it's just, crazy. Yeah, man. and I'd love to be doing that. I just don't, um, I just don't. I don't have a yeah. follow-up to that. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Um, but I mean, that's hard, dude. That takes another level of commitment. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And like, I mean, 
And I've seen him, and he's you know just very dude, good, and like it's yeah, a, he's everything that comes out of that dude's mouth is just straight fire. Yeah, right? yeah. Dude, like he could, he could just be like, yeah, I bombed. I'm like, dude, you fucking killed it in my eyes. You know what I mean? That dude is so just well, like what you said, just polished. Yeah, polished yeah, yeah. Comedian, where it's like, and then so that's where I have this whole thing as well, where I like, um, I just yesterday I had to it sunk in again or two days on Monday and somebody said he'd been doing comedy for like less than a year and I was like CJ? No, 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 no. somebody at like a, at a note oh, okay, okay, yeah. and I was like oh yeah, I have to really like if you, because I feel, I have this weird thing of like feeling like oh well I started four years ago but uh, then there was literal three years of nothing right? and then you start up and it's been seven, eight months or whatever yeah. when I put all of that together it's like basically a year Yeah, and um, so it, like I, I give myself a hard time because uh, you know i'm older than most of the guys and and all these various things and so i'm not trying to compare myself to other people yeah, yeah. but it's still like um i have to remind myself sometimes that i'm like i haven't been doing this that long and you know i'm proud of myself where i'm at of right. course i'd like to be wherever but just the fact that i'm doing it and yeah, that i went and yeah. did that open mic and now i've just been continuing and like exactly. and feel um yeah, I don't have any like momentum or anything like that. But I just feel like myself as a sticking with something that that I am enjoying and that I'm getting stuff out of and feeling like it's yeah, just the thing that I'm supposed to be doing right now. Exactly. I, yeah, I don't know exactly where that all leads to. People are like, "What are your goals in comedy?" And mm -hmm. I'm like, "I'm not exactly sure. I just want to like get better." And right. um, so yeah, I've thought about podcasting and like I like talking to people. Yeah. Um, it's just a whole other avenue of like, I want to get good at this one thing and before I start doing other stuff. But it's um, I think this goes hand in hand in a way. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. I felt like I've gotten more comfortable and my speech has gotten better because I very much stutter and stuff like that, oh, okay. or I'll say words that don't fit in a sentence in terms of describing something. Sure. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Your stutter. My stutter. No, before, okay. no. Do you have an actual stutter or you just start? No, I just, I think w it's the performance anxiety. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's just me overthinking things, like jumping five, seven ideas ahead. Like then, in when you're on stage, you're yeah, doing that. Yeah. Even in conversations, like when I'm too excited, mm -hmm. like people will know because my words are coming out of my mouth like 250 miles an hour. I'm that way know? as well. So right, I'm yeah. just just getting kind of the point where i'm slowing down a bit right and feeling like when i was first starting the same thing you have that like there's a timer running first like a literal five minute timer yeah, exactly. or three minute yeah. timer whatever and and you have all these things you want to fit in and and you kind of um i i know exactly how you're feeling and i'm still there and i'm still like i'll get up there and i'm can't remember my jokes i'm like yeah. thinking of the joke that's three back or the one that i just forgot then now i have to figure out how to bridge back to get back to back on track and um so yeah there's it's such all a skill dude it's such like a muscle memory almost yeah. right like and that's, that's why the 21 mics a week is like that would accelerate into, it much yeah, faster absolutely so absolutely. it's um it's it's just a process and that's mm -hmm. we all like you know want to move faster than than you can and from all these comics that you talk to that have been doing it for years it's like you, it, there's no like maybe there's some people that are just you know Pure just just showman. yeah just yeah. go from you know never even done open mic never just get up there and they're just great or whatever yeah. i'm sure that there are those people but for i think for the most people you have to like work at it and you have to you just there's no way around it that that um so 
yeah, I beat myself up a bit sometimes. I'm the same you know? way, dude. I'm the same way. And I you, say I, sometimes, I, all the time. If you see the podcast, if you watch watch some of the clips, people will say it too to me. They're just like, you're way too hard on yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it's just, it's one of those things, man. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I did you grow up? I grew up in New York. Well, okay. okay so I, here's a, the beginning of the messiness. Uh-huh. So I was born in New York. We moved to Colorado when I was like two, okay. right after my sister was born. My father split. Surfing was more important than raising children. <laughs> it's surfing in Colorado. No, sir, you know, he went to Florida to surf. Cocoa Beach, Florida, Bruce. <laughs> Fucking dick. Um, so, so yeah. So we were in Colorado. We were there till maybe I was four or five. Moved back to New York. Then, um, when I was in eighth grade, the summer between eighth and ninth grade, we moved back to Colorado and uh, went to high school in my first two years of college there, and then I've just moved around a lot. So yeah. I graduated from Arizona State and then moved to nice. San Diego, San, Diego uh, San Francisco, back to Colorado, back to Arizona, back to San Francisco, and then Los Angeles, and I've been here for like 20 years now. Damn. Yeah. What made you want to stay here? Uh, all of that moving, all of that, just, no, it was just, I found the place where I'd always been drawn to Los Angeles. I knew, like, I watched a lot of TV as a kid and was just really drawn to just all of Hollywood and movie making and television Mm -hmm. and comedy. I watched a lot of stand-up comedy and, you know, Saturday Night Live and Mm -hmm. just grew up with all of this stuff that I knew was all here. Here, And, um... I'd always been drawn to it, not necessarily for, you know, the industry stuff. I just, it was just a place that was like sunny and beautiful. And there's, you know, it just seemed like a place where. No, you're fine. So. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, where I kind of wanted to live. I don't know. I like California, which is, I'd done San Diego and San Francisco. And so. When I was in San Francisco, I started. I took an acting class. Okay. I uh, had done some really cheesy modeling, <laughs> and um, and I had this agent that wanted me to go on commercial auditions, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know how to, how to act or any of that stuff. So I did like a two day workshop, and then signed up for this other class. And when I was in that class, everybody was. Uh, discussing how San Francisco sucked and you need to either be in LA or New York to, you know, to do anything. And I was very, I was living in a literal closet. I was paying $600 a month to rent a hallway closet. That was six by five in San Francisco in a really nice in Pacific Heights, a a literal closet. Um, yeah, it was five by six with a huge, which a, with a, heating beam right in the middle right in the middle of course so that's a whole long story but um so i was in san francisco and then i i that whole thing was you know exploring acting and not happy in my living situation not happy with my work and all these various things the weather in san francisco sucked and i was like why do i even live in california if it's raining every day and foggy and all this so I decided I was on uh, Craigslist or Westside Rentals or one of those things and decided to go down to LA and look at some apartments and found a two-month sublease. And luckily, the guys I was living with were two of my friends from high school mm-hmm. who kind of screwed me on this whole closet thing. So they knew and um, they didn't really screw me, but it just wasn't. Typical friends, right? Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a good situation. Again, sometimes shitty stuff has to happen yeah. in order for change, you know. 100%, so, 100%. Um, yeah, I came down. I for a weekend found this sublease, looked at some other crap, and I was like, "All right, I'm doing it." And I was 
in LA like three days later I just lived here and oh, um, I've been here ever since and then I've moved around a lot in Los Angeles mm -hmm. but I don't uh, actually well I left LA proper and I lived in the mountains in the high desert for a year uh -huh. um, oh wow yeah right before the homeless stuff <laughs> right before I went homeless it's such a yeah it's all it what, feels what, like surreal a bit what happened that. with that if you're comfortable um yeah it. so i was um it's a it's there's a lot of different layers to it so i was living in la had a roommate argument about lead paint and oh, and um we had a water leak and the landlord this whole big thing and I complained to the city we me and my he was my best friend at the time we um we had this agreement that we were going to challenge the landlord and I knew the proper avenue to go through uh -huh. and uh, we went to the city I uh, had to deal with the eviction in the past so I had a lawyer that I Got knew who's very helpful who said you guys are in the right I don't have to move out so he was on the lease I was not I was subleasing from him but the landlord knew about me and had accepted me as a tenant and all of those various things. So when we complained about this, they said that I was not on the lease. And if he didn't uh, kick me out, if I, if I didn't leave, that he was gonna get evicted. And um, that's when we went, yeah, we went to the lawyer and all this stuff. He said, you know, you don't move out, you don't have to. Um, I had a lot of confidence in all this. He came out the day before I was put, like, you know the 48 hours or whatever uh -huh. it was three-day notice and that night he told me i had to move out my best friend so we're not friends anymore but um oh so that's not so that's where i moved i was homeless just for a short time living in a motel six um my fiance at the time who lived in wales whole, no this whole of the country uh she found this place on craigslist out in the high desert that was very sketchy ad just reading it oh like it was like ad? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, like yeah. oh fuck yeah and, those things man. but i went and it was this beautiful property beautiful property no in the middle of the high desert that this crazy guy owned but they were three sheds that the guy had converted into living spaces That's they were like horse tack sheds or something okay. i have some pictures yeah. of it and he converted them into living spaces illegally but it was really nice. Like I, I just I lived on the side of a mountain. That's how I found my dog Snickers was the neighbor's dog oh, actually, dude, who boy. just adopted me really. And um, so there's that whole thing. Then the city came in. I lived there for a year. The city said that there were uninhabitable structures, and I had to leave. So that's when. Um, so they just told you to leave. That's it. Yeah. San, so San Bernardino County is much different than Los Angeles. You don't have the same renter protections. Uh, and um, I just, yeah, it was a whole thing where then I decided um, my my fiance and I, originally she was going to move here. She's not my fiance now. I'm very single. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she, it was originally was going to come here that was very a whole difficult process third time third time's a charm. <laughs> third time's a charm. um it's a difficult process to try to like marry someone and bring them here especially if you're not like is it really successful oh, okay. yeah. yeah yeah so you know that's the whole thing you just get married and it's like no the government is going to limit what you're going to do so we found that it was much easier for me to go to wales than for her to come here and um i <sighs> I went to my sister's house and I was staying with her for a bit and went to Wales and this and that and my engagement fell apart. 
I was at my sister's and we got into a big fight. I won't get into what that was about, Mm -hmm. but she kicked me out of her house and I, life just fell apart. My engagement fell apart. Um, My sister basically disowned me and I didn't really have any friends. So my best friend and that whole friend group had disappeared when, when I had to move out of that place. And then I had a whole other friend group that disappeared because I sued them an employer (laughs) um it's just yeah mess after mess after failure after all these various things and i so i was in my car in colorado Uh, i had a motel for a night and then i was like what am i gonna do in colorado so i drove back to la and then i was just on like i was in my car i didn't you know i would have enough money for um for uh an apartment or anything Uh and I just, I just wasn't in good headspace. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of depression, a lot of just, it was a big mess. And, um, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm college educated man that, you know, should be able to, to sort things out and keep a roof over my head. But it was just, uh, life can, life can throw you some curveballs, And especially when you're, um, just, yeah, head case or, you know, all this sort of various stuff. I just, my life fell apart and I, there was really no way for me to navigate out of that. Like I was delivering food for Postmates with my dogs in the car, mm-hmm. living well, in. You gotta do what you gotta do, you know? Yeah, and it was just, um, it was very difficult. It was a difficult time. And the towards the end of that was when the comedy stuff, I found that and it was like, I was in my car and literally I'd be watching like clips and you know, all sorts of stuff on YouTube and just, um, I don't know what, what, flip that switch beyond the therapy stuff I was talking about, like group therapy. But for some reason, I just decided to sign up for this class. I was like on my credit card, $300 for this, you know, comedy class. Mm -hmm. And I would leave my dog, I have a Prius. So I would leave my dogs in the car with the air conditioning running and go to comedy class and, and then go back to my car and just be homeless again and then show up the next week for class and stuff is a whole thing. But, um, yeah, that stuff's not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, I just, I'm, I, I don't have any answers for any of these things of yeah. why they happen or anything. It's just, uh, at, at some point, like you just kind of, uh, you have paths to go down and you go down the wrong path or make a wrong decision and and it's hard to to recover from some of those decisions especially when you don't have a support system and and all those things and so it's like yeah i was like homeless homeless i mean i was showering at the gym i didn't really have friends that was like going to their you know a lot of people would say they're homeless and they're sleeping on a friend's couch or whatever it is and um it was just a lot of pride too too hard to ask for help for the few people that i did still have contact with and um yeah it was just it was really rough i'm in a much better place now good um really good what do you what do you do other than comedy um, some of the handyman work i'm still like uh, luckily i um my rent is real cheap i have a section 8 voucher one of the beauties of you know that whole experience was um yeah i got some help Mm -hmm. and um that is the only reason I'm not living in my car or dead right now is because I was helped by the system and all those various things. So it's, um, oh, so I do some handyman work. Like tomorrow, I'm going to put on a lockbox on one property, take off a lockbox. Okay. Um, just random stuff. Yeah. I helped out this Airbnb guy um, and just trying to make it work. Like that's, I'm trying to, 
trying to to do as little stuff that that is not related to the comedy and the stuff that I mm -hmm. want to do. I'm just, mm -hmm. you get to a certain age and a certain point in life and it's like, I don't care about any of that shit. And yeah. that's like why the conspiracy stuff is, you know, there because it's just the world is, it's just a big mess. It's a and big so, conspiracy. The world is a conspiracy. Yeah, that's, that was a lot of like, you know, I'll, I'll say that that was probably some of the stuff that that led me to to being in my car and just um you go down a rabbit hole man yeah you go just down a rabbit uh, hole it happened to me i mean my first conspiracy theory that i believed in was like when i was 19 and i went down a rabbit hole and then just during the pandemic it happened again and yeah. i'm literally just coming out of it right now where like psychologically and like socially you know i can talk about stuff yeah, yeah other yeah. than you know what we think is true or whatever but you know i was just thinking you you say you were do, you do this handyman stuff with uh, Airbnbs, and I actually don't think there's a company that specializes in Airbnbs to go be a handyman. You know, no. other than just like a corporation, right? So, so maybe that's like something where you go on like the Airbnb and you hit them up. You don't, what's it called, make an appointment for the room, but you email them and just be like, hey, I started my company. You know, I'm a handyman for Airbnb. Anytime you need me, please. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good idea. Great, I just um, I just started a thumbtack page to try to get more work. There you go. And um, so the Airbnb thing, even that, like every little thing in my life becomes difficult. So months ago when we first started with that guy, mm -hmm. I actually like quit and told him I didn't want to work for him anymore mm -hmm. because... I didn't agree with the Airbnb thing because of the homeless problem. Oh, okay. And I, I right now, feel like a total hypocrite because he contacted me again. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we'll do money talks. Money, right? But yeah, but it's still in my head. I'm like, there's all these people with these houses that are just sitting empty that, you know, just for rich people to vacation yeah. in or whatever when we have a city full of, like, people on the streets. And yeah. it's, you know, just all of these things that, like, or all part I of the shouldn't. Big problem. Yeah, yeah, it's all just this huge problem that I shouldn't. Like, I can't fix that problem alone, and it's not. It's not something that I know how to 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 really fix. But it's. I know that I feel. I have feelings mm -hmm. about just the things I'm doing. Enough, I think if you're passionate enough, then yeah, that is something. You know what I mean? That yeah, I get into these things where people are like, "Oh, just don't care." What do you care? What do you? You yeah. know? And it's like it's hard. I it's do. Hard. I care too much about everything. Or what, choose what to care about. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. I um. But but I think that when I was in that, so somebody that was like homeless, right? Yeah. And even now, there's all these empty units. Mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. so. Uh, just last year when I was looking at apartments, I was up in the valley. I was looking at all different areas and right. stuff, and I was in Reseda, uh -huh. and this guy had eight empty units in like a 20-unit building, shit. like Karate Kid-style building, yeah, yeah. just, you know, not a great unit. They're all just kind of run down, and uh -huh. he would not accept my Section 8 voucher. And I was like, dude, I'm like the best, 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 best person you can put in any of those units yeah. like my rent's going to be paid on time yeah. whatever regardless of the economy mm -hmm. like my rent's going to be paid and you're judging me based on these, all these things he didn't care he i told him i could report him like i know the whole system and i can yeah. report uh you can't discriminate just based upon the voucher you have the landlord has to pretend that they'll take it and then they can discriminate based on you know your income or your your whatever it is all these various things but they can't just say no you have a section 8 voucher like it's um so i i was like i'm gonna report you and yeah. he was like go ahead i don't care yeah. and it's like people like that are you know the problem yeah it's not yeah there's the people on the streets have their own problems and stuff, mm -hmm. but the problem is, you know, 
the housing situation and mm-hmm. and and there's all these like you know i'm somebody who's able to navigate the system and apply my voucher to get to a unit right thousands of them go unused because all these people just run into the roadblocks of these landlords i mean that was just one yeah uh, that was like eight units so it uh-huh. just stands out in my mind but there i have a whole list still at home Jeez. of probably 20 landlords that were just like no 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 Damn. no section eight no section eight and it's like you'd rather people shit on the sidewalks yeah. outside than so anyway again not fun yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> but this is my life <laughs> But um, uh, we're coming to an end right now, actually. We're hitting oh, 40 yeah. minutes, dude. Uh, dude. That's so fast. Yeah, I, dude, I, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I, I want to go longer to an hour, but some yeah. of these places, they won't, are uh, like on the internet, they won't let you post or exceeding like, yeah, over yeah. maximum file size. You know what I mean? So I got That makes sense. I got to keep them short and short. I'm trying to keep it at 30, but everyone I talk to is so interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, I'm sure that's the problem. But, um, but before we end it, go ahead and tell my three followers and listeners where <laughs> they can find you on the social I'm media. I'm a follower now as well. Thank so, you. so that's four. Four. I got four. <laughs> We're moving um, on up. My uh, Instagram is at Jason and the Tiger. Um, I'm not going to spell it out like Ganem did. You're good, you're good. <laughs> I, like I said, in the YouTube, I do the whole description. Yeah, that's the only re- place to really find me. Perfect, uh, dude. I'll put my phone number out there as well, but no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for watching and listening. Where can and they find you on Tinder? Me. Where can the ladies find you on Tinder? Yeah, I'm not on Tinder. I just turned on my Hinge profile again. Hinge. The, the app you're supposed to delete. But I'm about to delete it. to you. I'm about to delete Hinge. it again. It's, yeah. a, it's a nightmare it on is? there. Yeah, it's a disaster. Oh, man. Um, just cool. fake profiles and other. Oh, no. A lot of fake. Well, it's not like Hinge is doing it, but there's sketchiness. People Uh, like to mess with me. I'm going to get a lot of people messing with me now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jason. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate Jesse. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, dude. Bye, everybody.